In a world where horrid stenches and piercing screams come not from the realms of fantasy, but from the nightmare of reality. Come two heroes bonded by love and the kind of desperation only parents can know. No, God, please, no, no, no! Behold, RPGs and Baby Makes Three, the greatest podcast in the history of all podcasts by parents who have made a podcast about being gamers with a baby. Did I mention it's a podcast? Here are your hosts, Gretchen Hilmers and Rob Hessler. And this is RPGs and Baby Makes 3. Back from the dead. It feels feels like it. It's been a long time. I wouldn't time. say dead. More like comatose. I mean, you know, life happens, man. We're, we're parents. Yeah, this is what this show's all about. And... Y'all toddlers. Me. <laughs> <laughs> toddlers. It, admittedly, I mean, we've had opportunities to do the podcast, but it would require us having energy. After navigating having a two-year-old. Yeah, so I will spend that energy uh, to quote a commercial deep couch sitting and watching Star Trek. Star Trek, whatever. Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Let's roll for initiative. They see me rolling. Some people are born lucky. Let's roll. Roll for initiative. We have, however, played some games. We've, we've done some gaming. We have. We did already two, the first two sessions of the Supernatural game to honor Jack Roberts and Mike Dottavio. So we've got the third part still coming up. And actually we posted the actual plays of that on the YouTube channel. So you can check that out. No one's allowed to mention that I cried or almost cried. I didn't just cry. Got emotional. You're not allowed to mention it. <laughs> Ever. You know, I'm just going to... This is pro tip, because I do a podcast professally as well as this podcast, which is totally unprofessional. Generally... Oh, you're saying the other one's professional. It's professional in many ways. It is. But our banter is sometimes professional. I'm just saying, don't put your hand in front of your mouth when you're talking at a microphone. I'm going to do <laughs> what I want to do. <laughs> And if it's a good microphone, can it pick up around my hand over yeah, my Yeah, but mouth? then I have to edit up and down the levels and go through it point by point. Whereas if we... Who cares? Nobody here cares about that. What are some other gaming that we've been doing? Over Blades the, in the Dark? Blades in the Dark. Now, that's been cool. I've yeah. really enjoyed learning Yet about again, that Yet again, Tamsa. Mm-hmm. Again, Tamsa. Always great GM to, to play with. And, of course, we've got in the, in the group is... Boots, who we've played with many times Who's before. Who's now Two coming boots. up on 300 different? No, I think 200. 200? 200. I think it was 300. No, it's 200. So Susan was saying maybe she's at about 300. Oh, wow. So Susan runs a Discord server that we're pretty active and playing on. So we got to play with the two of them and Tamsa running the game. And it's kind of like a mini campaign, I guess. I think we're just 
about to play the last session, and I think that's like the fifth session, maybe. I don't so know. Somewhere in there, Am but I it's really fun, know? and it actually kind of relates to the, our topic for today. I yes. think, in a way, which we'll get to in here in a second. What else have we been doing? Uh, I've been playing Iron Sworn. You have, you have. We're going to be starting a session of Iron Sworn, which should be pretty awesome. Yeah, we're going to be doing an Iron Sworn game, Sworn game that we're going to do as an actual play, and we're going to broadcast it live on YouTube. And it's that's Gretchen. a lot of pressure. Oh man, not really. It'll be fine. You and I, Gretchen. You and uh, I and Gretchen. You and I and Gretchen. <laughs> Trust me, she has split personalities. That was not a mistake on my part. Oh, man. Amanda Plagman, who's been on the show many times and is the unofficial third member of our hosting team here. And then our good friend Ben Sperduto of Last Redoubt Games, who did Hounds of the Czar and Augmented and Weirdwood, which is like literally one of my favorite small games. I was whatever. And um, And actually, Ben just came into town and we got to hang out and that's cool have some real actual time talking as people well yeah especially me some of us had more <laughs> kid related things to do which yeah. by the way next time a friend visits town you're on baby duty well yeah uh yeah that's fine that's okay. fair yeah it is i think fair. that's fair okay yeah cool but um iron sworn is a gmless game you can play, and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but you can play as a solo player where you kind of play the game out as a solo running through, um, you use a mechanism called the Oracle to create sort of a randomness to it. You can play co-op with two to four players is what they recommend, although we actually started at six, which was heavy, too many people. And finally, you can play with a GM. But we're playing the GM-less four-person version, and that's what we'll be playing for our actual play. And I think it's amazing. I think it's just such an amazing game. It almost feels GM'd. I'm a little nervous. I know you are. Because you are a fantastic GM. You do a lot of role-playing. Amanda's fantastic. She does writing and storytelling, GMing, and then... Yeah, ben Amanda just wrote, wrote a book, by the way. And speaking of books, Ben has a book or multiple, multiple books? Multiple books. I'm going to talk about that at the end of the podcast. And and then here I'm rolling up like, doop a doop a doo Hi. Well, I get that to a certain extent. And certainly, it's okay to be apprehensive. I mean, those uh, it's it's a real thing. And, and, you know, I mean, we are, the rest of us are kind of a big deal. So I understand <laughs> the pressure. That being said, though, I think this is... What's so great about this game to me is how much it allows its narrative first and then rules. So you're supposed to start everything you do by doing narrative part. You describe what your character is doing. You describe the scene. You describe things first. You create the scene first and then you make a move and you roll dice for that move. And I think you have a great imagination. And so one of the things, it certainly helps when you have a GM or GM skills just to understand the gamey aspect of it. But I think in terms of your imagination, you are absolutely on par with the rest of us. So I think once you get rolling, I think you're going to love it. Like dice? Mm -hmm. <laughs> rolling like dice. And so Iron Sworn <laughs> is generally a sort of Viking 
historical Viking, low magic fantasy setting. But we're doing it as post-apocalyptic. So we're doing something a little different with our yeah. Iron Swarm. You asked me what I thought would be most interesting. I gotta go with post-apocalyptic. It was just my jam. I gotta admit, I'm really excited, though, because I don't think I've played a true post-apocalyptic... I've played games that had a post-apocalyptic feel, but I don't think I've ever played a real post-apocalyptic game. And if I did, it certainly wasn't more than a one-off. Can you think of any games we've played that are post-apocalyptic, like that we've played in um, post-apocalyptic type? I, mean, I literally can't think of any. I couldn't think of any in preparation for this episode, and I couldn't think of any when I was thinking about doing the Iron Sworn game. And I think my inspiration that I was thinking about when I was thinking about Iron Sworn mostly came from movies and books. Yeah, I don't think we have played anything post-apocalyptic. Hmm. We already did Session Zero, and actually we'll post that up. Session Zero isn't necessarily going to be interesting to everybody because, you know, we're discussing a lot of different things. But in Session Zero, we threw out a lot of the references, like books that we'd read, shows that we read. Fallout. I thought also, though, what was it? The Road. What about Station Eleven? Station Eleven, yeah, that's a good one. That's it, right? Station Eleven. Am I getting that yeah, right? I think Remembering so. the title correctly, which is the a book, but then also a book which I read, which don't remember. You don't remember the remember. book, <laughs> but then we watched the series. What was that HBO Max? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I remember there was an airport. Yeah. Well, that's a great post-apocalyptic television show. That's a little bit different, essentially. A flu kills off, this isn't a spoiler, the flu basically hits everybody and kills off most of the population. That's where the apocalypse comes from. But we did avoid things like zombies. There's a lot of post-apocalyptic zombie stuff. I mean, zombies, I don't think, even came up once, did they? We talked about horrors and the potential for undead creatures. And I, I think... it's mostly mutant creatures. So we have beasts, which will be mutants, but the undead, we could have that, like the, the potential for ghosts or things like that. But we kind of left it a little bit ambiguous. But even if they do exist, it would be more of like, almost certainly this, because we talked about how, you know, mutagens and science mm, experiments right, gone wrong right. could have gotten out. And so I think we're having it, but we're not, it's not a zombie apocalypse by any means. No. So, yeah, we're going it's in a, a different direction. apocalypse. I don't know what the term it's is. It's kind of like what's going on today. And the question came up. Is this the start of the apocalypse and we just don't know it yet? We decided on 70 years from today would be our starting point. So that was the technology level, right? Or no, we're... No. We fast... We added 10 or 15 years to our technological level and said the apocalypse happened then. And then we were 70 years past the apocalypse, I believe. Or 50 years or something. I don't know, it's in session zero. So our zero. son could be alive in this setting. Old, old as heck, but yeah. alive. But yes, he could Creepy. be. So it's a crazy thing to think about. It is weird. Yeah, we didn't want to go too far, but we wanted to go far enough. Um, but anyway, blah, 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 people blah. are interested in that, they can catch jibble, up jibble, 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 jibble. Still playing Ravenloft, of course, a Pathfinder game with Amanda Plagman. Um, I think it took a little bit of an interesting twist recently where we seem to be encountering an area that's preyed upon by vampires, and that's really kind of fun in Ravenloft. And everybody's got, like, they're all, 
like half drained and pale. Malnourished. I'm sure everything's fine. Yeah, everything's going to be fine there. Mm -hmm. Other than that, yeah, that's pretty much it. So why don't we get into our main topic, but I might come back to some of this stuff later. But let's get into our main topic, shall we? do that before Gretchen falls asleep <laughs> you got 20 minutes <laughs> don't worry don't worry I'm not gonna do what everyone thinks I'm gonna do flip out look look I've got a major problem okay hold up wait a minute something ain't right you have no power over me groans and moans So, the main topic of the show today, play every session like it's your last. That's what I'm coming up with here. So, what do I mean by that? Now, I'm not saying play like an idiot when you play your character, like guns ablaze and everything. Like when the monster shows up, don't run off on your own. <laughs> and then get angry when you're attacked by yourself. Yeah, I'm not talking about play every session like that a... That might have happened in a game, folks. <laughs> I'm not saying play like a, you know, where your character is suicidal and you're just running out into that. But I do mean that play the character, don't hold back. I think I've noticed, and I've played a lot of one-offs and I've played with you know, in long-term campaigns and stuff, and like, well, first of all, let's talk about one-offs. If you're playing a one-off, you're not playing again. Do it. Don't hold anything back. Do it now. Yeah. Like, just do it. Like, it doesn't mean, like, be, if you, if you're playing a one-off, and let's say it's a fantasy game, and let's say you have a a um what is it called like an a a usable object no it's not a usable object uh, i don't know i zoned out for a second and stopped listening like a know. potion like um what are those things they're they're when they're you can you i'm trying to i'm trying single use single use okay item? let's say you have a single use item there we go there that's we go. usable object right <laughs> <laughs> this is why we haven't done a podcast in a while uh, if you have a single use item like a scroll or a uh -huh. potion yeah. or magical fairy dust and use you're playing a one-off, use it. Yeah. Do not hold on to it because you're, you're done after the session's over. Even if it's just a couple of sessions. So just, like, use the thing. Don't wait. Don't hold on to it. Like, what's the point, you know? And then also, don't concern yourself with dying. Now, I'm not saying don't, like, like, again, play a suicidal. But, like, I think when you're playing a long-term campaign you might, your character is precious, so you don't want them to die. So you, making sure they don't die plays a major role in decision-making. Like, you don't want your character to die, right? But it's kind of a meta thing, because you think about, is your character that way, or is it you? You don't want your character to die. We None of us want our, like, beloved character to die. You don't want Tick Tick Bramble being your Kendra to die. You would be sleeping on the air mattress in the living room. So, but you are playing like that it's hard to not think that far. you're right i do sometimes conservatively hold him back but i also do that because he i don't know that i actually 
knows he's a little guy. Like, he's not the kind to get in there and charge into things. He still he still does stuff. I agree. I think he does a lot. Actually, Tick Tick is put vital. himself. Yes, a totally vital. The most important character in the game. Absolutely. Saves everybody time yeah. and time again and never gets thanked. Tick Tick is the most important character. Literally, yeah. actually, ever. that's ever been made. Ever. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> you don't want Tick Tick to die. Because it's, I mean, it would have lost that movie. People would feel the tragedy <laughs> of that situation. But I mean, I know that that's like a, um, I know that that's like metagaming and you're kind of like thinking about that. But I, I played a lot of games, okay? People do that all the time. That is a very common metagaming. And I don't know if I blame people for getting into that mindset, but... How can I put... Okay, let's continue to talk about one-offs. So, but in a one-off, you're never coming back to that character, okay? And let me tell you something. If you're playing the one-off and your character dies, you're probably going to remember that character more than if your character lives. I think about the one-offs where my character dies, I remember them all. I always remember when the character dies. Like, I remember when my oiled up muscle dude from Troika died was died against the breadbirds. So ridiculous. You know what I mean? And like I like remember like a magpie. It was a magpie, magpie is what it was. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I remember that game so vividly that character was really fun to play, but also because the character died, you know, like it was a one off and the character died. Ten candles, of course your character's gonna die. But I really remember my character dying in Tamsa's Ten Candles game that we played, like at the end. And I, I guess part of Ten Candles is you're not really trying to preserve your character because you know the game, you end and you narratively describe your death. I mean, you're going to die in that game, so that's a little bit different. But I don't... I find that I don't really hold back with those characters. Like, I take chances. We're playing Blades in the Dark. Now, this is... Let's transition to shorter campaigns. We... I was making the argument while we were talking about like scores and who we're gonna piss off and who we're gonna pay off and like who we're gonna try to keep on our side. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. We're all a bunch of unscrupulous characters who are trying to get as much as we possibly can. Next session's probably the last. Let's let all the clocks build up. Let's let everybody be pissed off at us. And we're gonna go for one last big score. And that's like the cool Right? That's the that's the cool thing. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, if we win, awesome. If we don't, also awesome. Right? And we're yeah. not holding back. We ultimately all collectively decided we are going to not pay back one of our contacts because we're like, eh, we'll take two gold and two, yeah, and like, and, and who cares if they, if they come after us because... It'd be cooler if they came after us. You know what I mean? And I don't really care if my guy dies. Because it'll be cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's... It, I think it's easier to fall into... For Personally speaking, I think it's easier for me to fall into that mindset when there hasn't been a crap ton of crunch that I've had to go through. Like, if I have had to roll multiple dice spend multiple hours building my character like i just sacrificing my character upon uh, uh an altar of gaming is hard because that's me sacrificing my personal time too 
Um, I get that. That's but, fair. But when it comes to like a, a pre-gen or a character that, you know, I just randomly named, you know, Pointy McStabbers 10 minutes before the game started or... Uh, <laughs> well, okay. That's... Most people, I think, if you're if you're in that kind of dire straits in terms of character creation, you're not going to care about those characters at all. Okay, that's just... Obviously, you're not going to care about that. But... And obviously, when you put a ton of time into a character's crunch, you're going to care about that character more so. But don't you think, though, that the best moments are the moments when you take the chances and succeed or even fail? Like, I think it's just like... I don't know. Like, I guess I enjoy that. Like, I enjoy getting ripped apart by the monster in Cthulhu. You know, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is just, maybe we're really getting into my psychology here more than anything. <laughs> but I like, I don't, I, I like testing the limits. The man who can't watch horror movies likes it when his character gets ripped apart. And I also like seeing how far I can push it and taking chances and not playing in fear of my character's death. I think it makes it a little bit more exciting for me. You know what? That's what it comes down to. It's more exciting for me that way. I enjoy the game more that way. You cackle a lot. Well, Blades in the Dark, you've been having a lot of fun with your bruiser. Oh, I just have a really fun character, too. He is really fun. John Henry Lynch. Big bruiser. Yeah. But, I mean... By the way, we're going to have to talk about this sometime. Brutes are the best. And brutes have become my I favorite characters. I've played a brute, and I want to play a brute. But I think... I was going to play a brute... For the upcoming Iron Sworn, but I think Amanda beat me to it. Beat you to it like a. Brute. She, you know, her thing is. I said she plays a similar character quite often, and she decided she is not going to, to do that. And it's also the same time I decided to do it, so I got to switch it up. Yeah, you know, and we should talk about this in a future episode as well. Is about how what type of character do we play? even when we're playing different characters. Because I think that there, it is interesting, like you can play a character that on paper seems different, but they end up being played the same. And we all have our character that we play over and over again. Yeah, I feel like uh, my Blades in the Dark character, Aura, is kind of the same as, um, what was the hounds or your not is it hounds? no it's not hounds it's Zara. it's it was the desanction desanction they're similar yeah there's a similarity mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. very very similar so if you want to know that you can actually watch our desanction live play that we put out as well on youtube and that character i think that character ended up being pretty well developed in desanction because we played it over three sessions and it was great because it was just three players so it was a lot of character stuff you know it was a lot of, a lot of that um character development but yeah, I mean, I mean that character was cool though, and you didn't like pull. I mean, you took chances with that character. You guys were like, there was a lot of craziness happening in that, like, in that game. Yeah. Crazy stuff happening in that game. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean. Megan now, Megan from Supernatural. I love that sassy gal. I do. So do you play her like it's your last session, or do you... I, I think it's a kind of combination, because her psychology is 
she isn't a very self-sacrificing kind of person. Um, she will gladly send someone in before her, but she's also the kind of person that'll take a swing at Krampus with a candy cane. So, you know, it's really hard to say. Um, Yard candy cane and oversized candy cane. Let's just clarify that to our listeners. Yeah, yeah. To, <laughs> to great effect. It definitely worked out well. Oh, that was just, what a legend. Yeah. I, but I think also, I'm, I wonder if the supernatural RPG in and of itself, which deliberately describes itself as a fail-forward game, as the kind of game where... Losing just starts the next scene, you know. Like I mean, how in it, it mimics the idea of the show. Like the the boys get True. their butts kicked and then they wake up tied to a chair. Like you know what I mean? Like that's the that's there is that. So I think that's kind of in the back of our heads to a certain extent, right? I mean, like you we know that you have a lot of control over the narrative of Supernatural as a player. Which I think is interesting. Yeah. I mean, none of the characters have actually died in play. No. No, nobody's died in play. I, I has anybody even gone unconscious in play? Uh, I thought Pete's character got clobbered, didn't he? Maybe. I don't remember. Still, I mean, it all comes down to the... See, we got... This is a good topic because there, there is... It's not a black and white. It's I think not there, black and this white. is interesting. Yeah. Because I went into this saying, like, you know, the topic is play every session like it's your last. But I actually think that's not really like a black and white statement. I don't think that's necessarily a fair statement. Because, no. I don't know, I guess when you're playing, I don't know. I, from, I guess this is more of. I, I should, the topic should be I like to play every session like it's my last not you should because actually I find it equally valid that you wouldn't now now that we've been talking about it because I can understand when you're talking about that with crunch if you spend three hours making a character you're not going to want to have that character die man that's a lot of time that's a lot of time for when time is so precious Oh, yeah, that's why I like the simpler yeah. games. Me too. Extent. I really like them. I, you know, I just, I can't, my brain was not a crunch brain before I had a kid. And now that I have a kid, my brain is like 40% mush half the time. All right. So we have absolutely gone on a wiggly crooked road about this topic here. But do you think those simpler games would more fall into the category of live each session like it's your last because the character creation process on those is simpler? So, like, let's talk about something. I think it's more about duration. So you mean campaign duration if yeah. you're talking about a one-off? So for one-off, you don't care. I mean, if I get 40 sessions in and my character dies, like, that's a lot of time to be in that mindset to lose that character like I think for me you just spend so much time being this other thing that if that were to come to an abrupt end 
it would probably have a psychological effect on me in real life. People love to pretend like these things don't mean something to us, that you're not playing yourself, but every character has a bit of ourselves in it. And you develop a bond with those stories. I don't know, with the story. You know, like it matters. I think it matters. Yeah. I, mean, like I think Megan is very much me, but... Tick, it would tick. be so sad if Megan died. Like, be. I would be upset if Megan died. Like, as a character. So I understand that. And I mean, she I'm, I'm the game master. Ghost. She probably would. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a vengeful You'd ghost. have to burn those bones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be upset if, if Tick Tick died as well. Tick Tick. The thing about Tick Tick is, even when I am just feeling so crushed and I am full of anxiety and depression and all of that. When I sit down to play Tick Tick, I get into the, the mindset of, you know, life is an adventure and it's all about friends and, and having fun and being there. And it's a nice little solace for me. For sure. And so I think losing that bit of therapeutic role play would hurt. Um, because I don't know that I could play a happy-go-lucky character again in that game. Like, I don't know that that would be, um, because I would play too similar to Tick Tick. So I think I would have to go a different direction. So you wouldn't have the opportunity to have that nice, fun release anymore. Yeah. That's what you would lose from Tick Tick dying because i understand that too and it, it's kind of like no character will ever replace that even if you end up you would ha you're right it's like you can't play we play similar characters but you'll never play the same they'll have because it won't feel right you know it won't feel well i mean maybe not right away at least yeah i mean i think another slightly similar character was the the newsy little boy that i played oh, but he was much snarkier he was very snarky, very energetic though, just like Tick Tick. Um, yeah, but he wasn't as he was he was snarky and sarcastic a little and selfish. bit, selfish, and a little selfish. Yeah, he, yeah, he was definitely, definitely a street rat. Yes, he was. <laughs> but strangely, because of the way I rolled, a rich street rat. <laughs> Tick Tick isn't. Tick Tick likes enjoys the finer things in life. Yeah, he likes. I mean, he likes good food. Yeah, that's the finer thing in life that he enjoys. Yeah, but like he'll eat, he wants all the foods. He wants all the food, but he will happily sleep in a muddy valley with his friends. As long as he's eating a delicious, like, I don't know, yeah, he'll, scone. Yeah, he'll definitely pull out like a full-on feast for everybody <laughs> in that muddy valley. It's time for afternoon tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's interesting. I, I, We've gotten a little bit off topic, but I really think it's, it's kind of an interesting... It's an interesting thing to look at if we should play every session like it's our last. I mean, even with, but. I know you love Tick Tick now, but let's say 10 years from now. Let's say we end the campaign this moment. This is what you got out of Tick Tick. Okay. That's it. And, you, and imagine 10 years from now. Versus, let's say we play another 20 sessions. 
and Tick Tick Light sacrifices himself for his friends in some way and dies. In 10 years, what is the more memorable thing? What is, in what way would you look more fondly upon the character? In which way would it be a better memory, do you think? Well, see, I think the way that my brain works, the long game is the important thing for me. So I think I would look at it as all of this fun and enjoyment that I had throughout his lifetime versus this epic moment that happens. Okay, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think that's just the way my brain is. It is true, and I think actually we both sort of fall into that category because I'm actually, the journey, we talked about this in other podcasts, the journey versus the destination. I love the journey. I love the journey. So I think one of the things, reasons why I like Ironsworn so much is because it's so reliant on what happens during the journey, and that's like my favorite part of RPGs. I realize that. It's my favorite part. I mean, sure, I like the big boss fight, but my favorite part is like the discovery. You know, yeah. in the middle of it. Um, so, ah, interesting. Well, I think it's been a great conversation. I hope other people could follow along. I followed along, but I've I'm been with you for tired right now. years. Well, I yeah. Keep, I keep asking you what year this is. It is 22, <laughs> right? It's 22, 23? I don't even know anymore. 99? Time has no meaning. <laughs> We've been together longer than anyone I know. You mean in terms of couples that have been together? Yeah. I think Tracy and Joey. I don't know Tracy and Joey. Okay, they're acquaintances. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's that's true. And there's someone out there. We just don't know. We just don't talk about it, right? I don't know. Sony and Jeremy? Yeah, they've been together a long time. Longer than us? I mean, probably. Who cares about this? Nobody cares. All of these people are in relationship. We hope you are in a long-term relationship that is fulfilling and enjoyable and that involves lots of gaming. Let's and, close off this episode. And lots of therapy. Let's get to the end of this episode. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about one more thing here as we're ending the show, and that was that I recently read Ben Sperduto's Black Spire. This book, Black Spire. And I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, you were pretty, you really enjoyed it. It's, you know, Ben is the creator of Last Redoubt Games, Weirdwood, Augmented, The Hounds of the Czar, look which looks awesome. Um, can't wait to finally delve into that at some point. But I've been really into Grimdark, and I've been reading a lot of Grimdark. It's so grim and so dark. Pre-pandemic, you not. You no, not. I, this is a new thing for me. I liked heroic fantasy, and now I'm into Grimdark fantasy. I've just really changed my genre and I think it is something to do with the world around. I'm just in that Why place. Why you start watching horror movies with me? <laughs> <laughs> one step at a time. One step at a time. <laughs> I think though that um, so I had an interesting thing here just to kind of think of, to just talk about this in general and this is so funny and I told Ben this too is like when, when somebody is your friend and they do something creative, you want to support it. Like we all do, right? And that doesn't mean we might not offer some constructive constructive criticism, but we're not we're not reviewers. We don't like go to them and be like, 
I'd give it a two out of five stars. This wasn't very good. And here's all, you know what I mean? That's not how we do it. We're like, that's great. Good job. Like, I really liked this and I really liked that. You know, we do that, right? And so I guess I would say that I have a lower threshold for what I will consider good or what or how I view things when it comes to my friends because I want to be supportive of them. So I want to point out the best of things, okay? The reason why I explain all of that is because I went into Ben's book saying, okay, well, Ben's a friend of mine now and we've got to get to know him and I just want to read this book to be supportive of him with the hope it would be friend good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, where I could come out of it and be like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. I really like this. I really yeah. like that. Uh-huh. It wasn't friend good. It was actually really good. Like, <laughs> if I just randomly had picked this book up, it would be, to me, a really good grimdark fantasy book. It's kind of like an urban fantasy book. It's it's grimdark urban fantasy. It's kind of, the technology is, is more like medieval style or something along those lines. But it has like, a, it's very much set in the city. And everything happened, the city of Black Spire. And he had, there's five characters, basically five main characters that their whole lives are intertwined. It ended really well, which is always great. And it left open the possibility for a sequel without feeling like you need a sequel. You know, it definitely completed the whole story. Ben has got a really, <laughs> he has a great way of describing the city. The city is so much a part like another character in the story and um and it was so vibrant i mean the smells and it was horrible it was like the worst place ever low town which is where everything is set and there's all these different boroughs it was horrible like nobody it it was so literally you start the book opens with a character being woken up by street crap shovelers throwing poop at his windows now I described that in the nice, in the, safe for kids version. Yeah, which we do on this show. Yes, but let's just say the description was a bit more edgy <laughs> in, in like the, the book. the edge of a shovel? Right. So, I mean, it's cool, though, because, like, I find it to be influencing me. Like, you know, I read a lot of this stuff, and I take it as influence for RPGs, and this book most certainly did that, but it was also just a really good book, and I loved it. And I told Ben this is, the thing I know when I'm reading a good book is when I'm not reading the book, I think about the book and I can't wait to read it next. Mm -hmm. And I experienced that several times while I was reading his book. So anyway, good job with Ben and you can you know find that book pretty I much everywhere. I'll check it out after I finish reading about the history of rabies. Yeah. And how's that impacting you? It is fascinating. Tell us some, give us a fascinating tidbit here for the listening audience that they might not know. Uh, I guess one thing... You that, told me something the other day. That it's... You have... You suffer from hydrophobia. And That's amazing. So, I guess someone presented the case of Edgar Allan Poe's death to a group of forensic people, pathologists maybe, uh, but did not identify the person as being Edgar Allan Poe. And based on the uh facts that were presented they think it might have been rabies that he died from because he was an alcoholic 
And in his final days, he did not drink and he couldn't drink. Um, and telling an, you know, an alcoholic wanting to not drink is, you know, in your final days. And um, he also had very lucid days and very just distorted out at, you know, crazy days. And, um, and it took, I, I can't remember right now, it was like, I think people usually spend three or four days dying. Mm -hmm. And that's how long it took him. So Edgar Allan Poe might have died of rabies. That's so Which fascinating. Which is so fitting for Edgar Allan Poe. What a right? weird thing, right? God, I hope it was like a bat. I have a feeling. He got bit by way a raven. To die though. It's oh no! Of course, it's terrible. Horrible way to die. But and 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 Louis Pasteur first tested out the human vaccination on a child. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. wow. And how'd it go? Okay, oh, happy ending on yeah. that. <laughs> you might want to like tell our audience that yeah, the well, poor, they'll be like, what happened to the kid that he Louis stabbed? Louis was not very, like he was suffering from extreme anxiety during that period. So yeah, I mean, who would want to be like, well, you tested out a vaccination and you killed a child. Oh my God, seriously. Um, great, those are interesting books. Who's, who does that book? Do you know who's by? No, and my Kindle is frozen right now. It's making me very angry. You know what? You should grab your Kindle after we finish this podcast and go and plug it in to see if you can reset it. I think letting the battery die. You think it's a dying battery situation. I think letting it die will reset it. Oh, man, that's the worst because this particular Kindle actually lasts a long time. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, anyway, some good books there. Totally different books, but both, I guess, kind of dark. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, dark, hopeful. Yeah. We'll be on again soon, though, and coming up starting soon on... ish maybe. Okay. We have some great ideas lined up. We do. We actually have some really great ideas. We, we just... just have to talk to people to help get them on board. Yes, we do. guest episodes. But if you're listening to this somewhat near the release time of it, then on March 31st, 2022 will be the first session of Ironsworn, of our new Ironsworn post-apocalyptic game. It'll be streaming live on YouTube, on the RPGs and Baby Makes 3 YouTube. So that's cool. Yeah. So you can tune in and you can make comments while we're talking you if you want. You can tube in. You can tube in. <laughs> and look, obviously Gretchen and I are cool. You know Amanda Plagman is cool. And you definitely know that Ben is probably the coolest of all of us. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I, this is all I've got, Rob. My brain is You're doing dead. great. We I'm are going to get out of here. Thanks for tuning in. If you made it this far... You win. You get a plot point? You win. You have advantage on your next die roll. You get more XP. There. There. Everybody gets XP. Everybody gets XP. Take care, y'all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> RPGs and Baby Makes 3 is a production of Gretchen and Rob sitting on their couch. Email the show at rpgsandbabymakes3 at gmail.com. You can find more episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes, as well as on our free Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash rpgsandbabymakes3.